Welcome to the Like Father, Like Fantasy podcast, a fantasy football podcast where two fantasy addicts, who just so happen to be father and son, talk about everything the football world has to offer. We provide masterful insight, engage in intriguing arguments and conversations, but most importantly, we provide entertainment for all and have fun while doing it. Now sit back, grab some popcorn, and enjoy the show. Welcome back, bitches! Sorry. Uh, but yes, we are back after after a hiatus. The Like Father, Like Fantasy podcast is back. We are now officially on our, what we will call our second season. However, this is the sixth episode of the podcast as a whole. And why, why did you start with a swear right away? Because well, we we got to come back with a The FCC, with a bang. the FCC, <laughs> doesn't the FCC come after us? You got to come in with a... Drop a bomb, curse words. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what, what are we? What are we doing? What are we doing today here in this podcast? I didn't. I didn't uh, <clears throat> oh, we're gonna talk about second year running backs. Second year running backs today. So these are young guys, rookies last year. Um, we're gonna talk about the top handful that we think are gonna be super relevant this year, and guys that uh, you should know which one's better than which when you're going through your draft. So we're gonna help you. Uh, well, I'll give you some idea what we think about these guys. Yeah, it could cause some confusion because I don't think we're going to agree. And just for for the casual listener, this is um, this is redraft. This is not going to be any dynasty stuff. Some people are so into dynasty that they forget that redraft even exists, and that's we typically focus on redraft rather than dynasty. So anything we say today is basically uh, redraft, unless we're pointing out specifically that it's for dynasty. Um, so the way we are going to do this is we're going to start, we don't know each other's lists. We don't know who we have ranked where, um, we are just, I think, I do think he spied on my list though, but we'll, we'll no, because if I spy on your list, then I'm getting the worst list. You spied on my list. So there's no need for me to do that. So anyway, as I was saying, as I was saying, um, so we're going to do a spitball thing. We're going to do a three, two, one. We're going to call out who is the person on whatever spot of the list so we are with our number oh should we do number one let's let's why don't you tell everybody who the so we have there's six guys that we think are relevant right we agree on yes six guys yes <clears throat> so why don't we tell everyone the six guys and then we'll go through the first second third and and, and that kind of thing so okay. they know who they know they can kind of formulate anyone that's listening to us can formulate their own idea of what they think of a ranking is of these guys. Sure. And then you can hear my list, which will be the good one. And and Nick will also. Yeah. And then yeah, I'll give you we'll, the, 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 uh, the better one. Um, yeah, so see. the players that are in this pool, the, the big six, as we'll call them, are guys that are going in probably the first three rounds and no later than that, I would say is Jonathan Taylor, Cam Akers, DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, um, Antonio Gibson, and who am I missing? Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, yes. So that is our six honorable mention to players such as Josh Kelly, who is terrible, um, Zach Moss, who I really would rather not talk about, and James Robinson, who's interesting. Um, We might get to him at the end for fun, but I don't really have any interest in talking about him with this group of guys. So, are you prepared? Are you ready? I guess I'm ready. I'm ready to roll. Okay. So, on the count of, well, I guess we'll, we'll count down from three. So, ready? Well, well is it going to be 
three, two, one. Three, two, one. And yell then, it out. And then or yell it three, out. Two. I'm only going last name here. I'm not doing full name. That takes. So, are you ready for this? Okay. So it's gonna go three, two, one. Name. And then yell a name. Yeah, All right. Okay. Well, it's very confusing. Okay. okay. Yes, 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 yes. All right, ready? Let's go. Three, two, one. Taylor. Taylor. Okay. So Woo-hoo! the first running back and he, li- he read my list. You see no, no, happened? this is consensus. Um, I think this is the easiest guy to kind of predict what's going to happen here. Um, I think he's the guy to own, and I don't really think it's close between any him and anybody else. Um, regarding, you know, not just within these guys, but drafting, I'm comfortable taking him at the third overall pick, I think. Um, maybe even second, but that would be probably reach. Uh, three might even be a reach, but I'm cool with taking him third overall in your draft um, after McCaffrey and Barkley. Um, but you can go on, and we'll just kind of bounce back and forth. Yeah, Taylor. Taylor's the clear-cut best second-year running back. He's in the best position to succeed. Great offensive line. <clears throat> um, it's always good in Indy. They're they're ranked number seven. La- they finished number seven last year. Sorry, um, based on Pro Football Focus's rankings and. They're ranked number two this year. So they have an awesome offensive line. They upgraded their quarterback, which I say it's an upgrade. I also say it's an upgrade. They have Carson Wentz now this year. They had old man uh, Rivers last year. So Wentz is a bit of an upgrade, a little more mobility. He can do a little bit more. He's younger. Um, And the kid's just uber talented. Last year he had... 35 carries that went for at least 10 yards so i mean 35 times this guy rattled off a run last year that was for 10 yards or more that's crazy so he's he's a first round pick this year for sure um and definitely at the top of this list what do you think about my third overall do you think that's too too high i think that's proper I, i think that's just about right i mean you're talking about it's tough to pull yeah, yeah, I think it's right because you've got Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook around that range, right, where you're looking at second, third picks. Um, those guys have had injury problems. Kamara's not really a runner, so based on your scoring format, if you're not in PPR, that downgrades Kamara. Henry's there. He's definitely one-dimensional. Um, I think he's in the discussion with all those guys for – I still like Dalvin Cook at number two, and I know I know you don't like Dalvin Cook as much as me, and I know we're not talking about these guys, yeah. but um, yeah, I think anywhere between two and six is where Taylor's going to go. And if you're lucky enough to start a draft in the six, seven, or eight spot, and Taylor falls to you, you are in great position. Yeah, I think that's a steal. You I've, are in great I've, position. I got him at the eight spot in the best ball I've done. It's and it's pretty sweet yeah it's um, because the next player you get is going to be is going to be another second year running very back good. Yeah. <laughs> probably um yeah jonathan taylor also he's probably in the best division for running backs you know he plays houston twice which was the the worst run defense last year um jacksonville the second worst and then the titans who were 24th so you know they're in the bottom half of the league Plus, generally, they're playing New England, who was 26 last year. But there's an asterisk I put there just because, uh, you know, they had a lot of holdouts. They had a lot of people leaving. So the defense might look a lot better than last year. But as of right now, that's a good matchup. 
Plus, they're playing Vegas, who's another terrible run defense. So he's got a really easy schedule this year. I mean, he put up 250 fantasy points, which put him in sixth place among running backs as a rookie. Only on 50% snap share. I mean, he was out of his mind, especially toward the end of the year. He was the RB3 in PPR from weeks 11 to 17 and averaged 24 fantasy points a game on 6.2 yards per carry. So Taylor, I think, is just awesome. He was top 10 in red zone rushes. And, you know, like I said, he was only doing it on 50 to 60% of snaps. So he's just, if he can get a 70% workload, you know, 75 at best probably just because of Heinz and just because people don't really like workhorses as much as they used to. Um, I think Taylor is a lock for heavy and yeah. reliable I mean, production. All of that stuff and, and Marlon Mack is gone now, right? Is he not there this year? I'm not sure about that, but I, I'm not particularly scared about that either. No, he was kind of a shadow last year, though, at the beginning of the season. I think um, he probably stole some touches that he didn't steal in the second half. And, and I think... I believe Max gone, but yeah, I could be wrong. Yeah. So now we are at the second running back. So don't forget, it is three, two, one. Last name. Just the last name. Okay, got yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Got it. All right, are you ready? Ready. Hold on, I, I need to. I have a seltzer burp. Sorry. <laughs> um, three, two, one. Gibson. Swift. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, you have Gibson we, at two. Gibson at two. Okay. Um, Gibson. Well, all right, I'll let, you, I'll let you start with Gibson then. Well, first of all, shout out to the Maryland crew who, who loves their Washington football team, Uncle Richard and Teresa, Beth, you guys out there. Um, you have a stud running back on your hands if this team will just get him the ball. It's a big if. Um, I have, right now, I have Gibson basically listed as an elite RB2 or an RB1. So, <clears throat> I really love this guy. He has an upgrade at quarterback. Um, their offensive line is ranked out about middle of the pack, around 16th in offensive line. However, the depth in their offensive line is outstanding, meaning they can withstand a few injuries on that line and it's not going to hurt them. Their line will be at least middle of the pack or better all year. They did not use Gibson last year properly. If you look at, he scored over 200 fantasy points last year in the PPR and they did not start giving him adequate touches until somewhere after midseason, and there was only about a five or six game stretch where they were giving him carries. And when he got the carries, when he got anywhere from 17 to 22 touches, he was putting up 19 points, 13, 23, 17. One week he had 36. All right, we can scratch that. He had three touchdowns, so we know that's not usual. But the big thing I see happening with this guy is going to be the receptions that he's going to start pulling in Ron Rivera has come out and said that he plans on utilizing Gibson more this year in the passing game. And they have another running back on their roster that caught about 80 balls last year, had over 100 targets. And those are now going to start splitting a little bit more evenly between these two running backs if Ron Rivera is not lying. Mm -hmm. And he's one of the coaches in the NFL that I don't believe just throws shit out there to try and 
confuse people. He just speaks his mind, and I believe he really does want to get this guy way more involved than he was at the beginning of the year last year. Yeah. So they upgrade with Fitzpatrick at quarterback. I don't even know who the quarterback was last year. And I say upgrade, I mean it's at least it's a guy that has some sort of stability, <clears throat> sands the propensity to throw interceptions, right? So he'll throw interceptions, but he's also a guy that can maintain drives, find ways to get first downs. He's got a little bit of leg left in him for an old man. He can run a little bit. Um, yeah, he, he, I just think all things line up. Also, Ron Rivera just came over from Carolina, and if there was ever a running back that could that they focused on handing the ball, passing the ball to, that was the next coming Mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. So this is obviously going to be the next Christian McCaffrey within the oh, next couple of years. Very. And that's a crazy take I mean, right there. I mean, it's it's just, and it, it's if you can get this guy as your as your second running back at any point in time and match him up with one mm-hmm. of those first round running backs, you are going to win your league. Sure. This guy is going. So I'm going to butt in now. He talks long. So, you know. You and I both liked Gibson last year before, before the guy stuff went down, um, before what I, I don't know if that was like the catalyst to him moving up draft boards, but we were taking him in best balls in like the fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth rounds, and then even as a ninth or tenth round pick, I liked Gibson a lot last year because you know <clears throat> he was in what seemed to be a backfield to himself, and you know. They drafted him in, I think, the third round or something like that, and he was known to be a receiver in college more than a running back, so there was PPR appeal. But I feel like right now the second round ADP is just too high for me. Um, He only played in 45% of the snaps, so that can go up, sure. However, there's just too many question marks for me and for my liking, such as what you already mentioned, the mediocre line. What you also mentioned, Fitzpatrick as an upgrade, Mm -hmm. which... In my opinion, is worse for him and getting receptions because Fitzpatrick isn't a dump off guy. Fitzpatrick is I'm either going to get sacked for 17 yards or I'm going to throw this 50 they're, yards. But they're going to the they're going to run plays to him. Yeah, they should. They, like, they might. They might. Like, they sure. But yeah, I don't see. Gonna, I don't think they're going to. He's not going to get 80 targets, and that's what I think is what he needs. Uh, McKissick resigned. They like McKissick. By the way, he finishes RB 17 when Gibson finishes RB 13. So. I mean, what now the point that you made about the targets kind of equalizing out, I would hope that's how they use him. They got it. Because right? the whole knock on Gibson was, oh, all he is is a receiver, not a running back, and then they only and threw then they didn't use him as a receiver. So I hope that changes. Sense. Curtis Samuel signed. I don't like that because he's a funky, you know, do it around the, around the line of scrimmage guy. I could see them making plays just for him, who also played under Ron Rivera. And then there's also the toe issue that is still bothering him from six – Months ago. Come on, what's wrong with his toe? He missed He's time because of the toe. He's fine. Then he came back and tried to play through it and hurt it. And you know, you know, you remember how I said like the beginning of the year he wasn't getting touches, and I rattled off scores for yeah, the, yeah. the games he was. Mm-hmm. The games he wasn't getting good touches, like less than fifteen or, or around ten to mm-hmm. fifteen. He scored six points, 12, 13, 23, yeah. 10, 9 and a half. Yeah. And that's when he wasn't touching the ball. And uh, it's crazy. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. A ton of his points came from the red zone, which uh, it's clear he has an affinity for for the end zone. And I always discount players because touchdowns are the least sticky stat, and then I get screwed. But 
I'm not certain. Like, 11 touchdowns is a lot of touchdowns. His efficiency so. will go down. But if his touches go up, he still might maintain yeah. similar touchdown production. I mean, something else that's interesting, Gibson only outsnapped McKissick four times all year. Um, however, I, sh- I, 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 like, I like Gibson. I think he's good. I hope they do what I want them to do. Yeah. But if it isn't broke don't fix it type thing. So, you know, it, it could just be a 50-50 split. I mean, there's times where they're on the field at the same time. Yeah. So, you know, that that is fine, and that makes the snaps a little weird. But um, there's Well, a... the one – I think the snap count business, too, like I, I got to believe Washington – well, I mean, gosh, they made the playoffs last year, right? But they lost a lot of games, and the more you're behind, the more you're going to have the – I mean, 100-plus targets for McKissick, and I think that had a lot to do with game script yeah. and – they had a trust in him, but that's you can't get a hundred targets two years in a row for a running back. No way. They got they're gonna be they're breaking that. Maybe. Up. Um, and my last point for Gibson before I think we go over to Swift. Yes. <laughs> is that his rushing yards over expected, which is a stat over at BrotoFantasy.com, and use the Broto Fantasy app as well. His rushing yards over expected, which is basically your capability to make something out of nothing, is negative 0.01 which i'm just going to call zero and what that means is that like i just said he's making nothing out of nothing which scares me a little bit especially not having a wonderful line um while there's always room for improvement you want to see someone um like we're going to talk about you know later in jk dobbins his rushing yards over expected was one of the best in the entire league he was you know at one instead of zero, which is third best in the league, but whatever, we'll get to that when we get there. Um, so I'm just not totally sold on Gibson. I think there's other people in this class that are better, and then I would have more confidence in drafting personally. Do you want to know where I have Gibson? Yeah, or, where do you place Gibson in yours? Five. Yeah, see, that's why you're going to lose. I, I put him five out of six. You can't, that's... That's insane. There's nothing but up that this guy can go from. I think they're all very good. The only thing you mentioned that would scare me at all is toe. If he does, if this guy doesn't get injured all year, this cat is going to finish in the top top eight or nine for running backs. Wrong. Anyway, now we have to get to my guy DeAndre Swift. All right. Um, This is this is a player that I knew nothing about. I thought his name was really cool. He got drafted, and I was like, yeah, Lions running back. Carry on Johnson. Uh, I don't know. Like running backs in Detroit always disappoint. And we owned him, we drafted him, and I didn't know what to think. And then watched him play. And I think this is the guy that I'm going to come out of most of my drafts with. Uh, right now, you know, his ADP is at 26, which I think is far too high. Uh, like in terms of like he, he should be drafted earlier in the yeah, second. Yeah, I think we, we kind of had a sidebar with this um, like this morning. I think he's probably getting drafted before that, right? Yeah. He's getting drafted like before 20. the 2-3 turn. He's somewhere in the middle of the second round right. if he lasts that long. Maybe he reaches toward the end of the second round, but um, yeah, you got to pull the trigger on him before you get to the yeah. end of the second round. But I absolutely, I love this guy. I mean, he... Ended up just under 200 fantasy points and finished 18th overall for PPR in only 13 games and playing under 50% of the snaps. 
Uh, there's a difference that over at Proto Fantasy that's points per opportunity excluding touchdowns, and I know that's a mouthful. But basically what that is is it's how many points he puts up per touch, you know, without touchdowns, exactly what I just said. I mean, it's not it's the opposite of Gibson for me, is that the reliance on on touchdowns. And DeAndre Swift did not need touchdowns to produce points. I mean he had ten touchdowns. Yeah, but he also put up solid points without the touchdowns. It's not like it's not like putting up 30 and then having three touchdowns, and that's how he got to 30. But anyway, so... Uh, yeah, the same number of touchdowns the, as, as the, my guy. The Lions, the Lions uh, have currently ranked the 10th best offensive line coming into 2021. And to me, that's, that's the floor for the offensive line. I don't know a ton about offensive lines, but... I've done my research specifically on the Lions just because of how much I like Swift. And Taylor Decker and Frank Ragnow are both like very solid options. They're all-stars. And they just drafted Sewell in this draft, who is yet to be seen, but um, he's supposed to be an absolute stud. And Jonah Jackson is the biggest question mark on the line. However, you can only really get better from your rookie year, I would assume, and I'm hoping that happens. So I think he's riding behind a great line right now. He's in a great situation. Uh, you know, there's a lot of coach speak about Anthony Lynn saying that Jamal Williams and Swift are going to share time and it's going to be a hot hand 1A, 1B type thing. I don't believe that. I think Jamal Williams was signed as a running back, a, a running back, a backup, a spell back. Maybe, maybe some work in the red zone, but I'm really not scared of him. And in his rookie year, DeAndre Swift only had two games where he didn't score 10 or more PPR points. And one of those games, he got six snaps. So I think he could produce an Austin Eckler-like season, especially under Anthony Lynn, who historically has 26, 26% of his passes go to the running back during his tenure on the Chargers. I just think that Swift is a lock for some serious PPR production. And if he can get running on the ground as well, that's just a bonus. So I see him kind of like an Austin Eckler, you know, Alvin Kamara light, and I just think he's going to be a monster yeah, in I Detroit. Think, I think the reason I have him down at five is because of the fact that wow. he's more the comp to, to Austin Eckler I think is good. Like he's gonna be a receiver before he's gonna be a runner. You know, last year the most carries he had in any single game was sixteen. I know they weren't winning any games, which is also awful for running backs that need to carry the ball a lot. This guy doesn't necessarily need to carry the ball a lot because he catches four balls a game and, and that's great. If that can increase, that'll be good. I think their downgrade at quarterback's not going to help them. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with the shift of, of coaching staff now. Like, I just don't know. It scares me a little bit. So, again, like, I, I, I have pause with a lot of changes in coaches or coordinators and that kind of thing if I don't know what to expect, really. Um, I definitely don't like the quarterback downgrade. The O-line is an upgrade from last year, like you said, so um, so that's a good thing. But they need to be winning games. If they're not mm. winning games, all they're going to do is throw, which and can be good for him because he's going to catch passes. Yeah, not to mention, I don't mean to cut you off, but like the, the wide receiver room on that team is Brashad Perriman, mm. 
uh, Terrell Williams, Quintez Cephas. Yeah. The rookie, Amon Ross St. Brown, who I do like. Yeah, um, and a shitty quarterback, right? So I'm afraid they're not going to get first downs. So their their offense just scares me. I mm-hmm. think I wrote that too. Yeah, weak wide receiving core is right in my notes. Downgrade yeah. quarterback, weak wide receiving core. Offense may struggle. To these me, are, to me, that's just my reminder. To notes. me, that's just going to be feed, feed Swift. I mean, he had <laughs> yeah. games last year against New Orleans, who was the best run D in football. They hadn't let up a hundred yard rusher in blah 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 two years up until Miles Sanders did it um, last year. But you know, they were the best team against the running back, and he put up fifteen and a half. With yeah. only playing thirty percent, thirty-eight percent snaps, and on eight touches, and then a different game, another thirty-eight percent snap game, he had twenty-seven point three. I just think that you give him even even a consistent fifty percent. Yeah, you know, I would hope for sixty-five, sixty, just because. Who else was getting running back touchdowns for these guys last AP. year? AP. AP was. So AP's I, gone. I, I do feel like. I do feel like uh, who's coming in? Uh, Williams. Jamal Williams. He's going to get some touchdowns. So that's sure. Gonna, that's going to hurt him on the ground. But that's like you good. said, he had ten touchdowns. <clears throat> he did as a rookie. Yeah. Like all these guys are going to be he got eight, last year. But he had eight rushing touchdowns and two receiving. <clears throat> and fifty-seven targets as a rookie, to me, is is crazy. I don't to say. One, I got a positive thing. Yeah. So, <laughs> and it has nothing to do with their offense, but their defense. They played the most man coverage in the NFL with the past coaching staff. And mm-hmm. These guys got torched left and right. And they're going to move away from that now, from what I read, with this new coaching staff coming in. Mm-hmm. That should help them stay in games and not be down by 17 points at halftime. Mm-hmm. And that will help the running game if if they have that improvement on defense. But they need that. They yeah. Need that. So, sorry to interrupt you. No, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty I'm much done. I'm positive. I think I find it very interesting that my two is year five, and year five is is, is my yeah, two. Yeah, like, that's that's a big variance. I mean, also, a lot of these guys, when we rank these out, are probably all pretty close to each other yeah. in our, our rankings. Right, yeah, no. Like, <laughs> I, I think I think there's a case for all of them to be at the, at the minimum second-round picks. Um, you know, maybe there's a guy that I don't, I'm not comfortable taking in the second, but I can see the upside if you do take him there. Um, which is my my number six player that I think we might agree on, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, so, oh, so I have one little blurb I put next to each guy. So for Taylor, I put that he was an elite RB one, like he's cream mm-hmm. of the crop. For uh, for Gibson, I put I have him listed as an RB one or an elite RB two, someone that you would be very solid as an RB two. Swift, I have as a solid RB two. So if that means anything to you, obviously I would have Swift as you an elite RB two, borderline RB one, right? Um, but the top the top end of running backs in general this year feels pretty pretty clustered. Where like the eight guy could be very close to the mm. the fourteen, mm-hmm. like you know, it the, the the last class really stepped up. This class stepped up. Um, so I think that all injuries aside, like. The first few rounds of running backs are, are pretty tight besides, you know, like McCaffrey and maybe Kamara, et cetera. Yep. So, all right. Now we are on to three. I know I got this one right. Yeah, so I had what you had, and then I, I flipped it with my four. <clears throat> How do you know what I had? I know what you're going to have. You don't know what I'm – see, guys, he I know looked at my have. sheet. Okay, are you ready? Are you ready? He's cheating again. Are you ready? Yes. 
Three, two, one. Acres. Edwards Hilaire. Yeah. Oh, so no. so no no see I so in my notes in my, my first comment for Clyde Edwards Hilaire is torn between Acres and Ceh for the three spot, but I think his season was a lot better than people actually believe it was. ADP just ruined it because he was drafted at his absolute ceiling and yeah, then some. Yeah. I mean, he, I, I took him in the, with the fifth pick in these, a draft. These guys are so like they're pretty darn close to me. I think I've taken Acres much earlier. Because Edwards Hilaire has been lasting longer in yeah. drafts. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know if I got him anywhere because I just haven't been in the right location. I mean, Acres is going on the turn, right? Like yeah, the 1-2 I mean, turn? Yeah, Acres you have to take early. Yeah, that's yeah. just too high. You for, have to take him around like 12. Um, I mean, so my little blurb just on how I quote-unquote classify these guys. I have Acres as an RB1 or an elite RB2, which is the same thing mm-hmm. I said about Gibson. And Clyde Edwards Hilaire I have... RB2, uh, I would say elite RB2 with upside. Yeah. Yeah. I so, mean, I, I think that's fair. Um, yeah. So, as I was saying about, like, you know, people kind of overlooked Edwards Hilaire. So, he had 1,100 total yards and 36 catches on 54 targets um, his rookie year. And even though he didn't, he wasn't flashy, he didn't really do anything exceptional for most of the season. But, you know, he still came in at 176 fantasy points, which would be 22nd. And that was in 13 games. So, you know, he plays two more games. 22nd could be 15th. I mean, I don't know the numbers really like that. But basically, I believe that Edward Solaire is going to be very slept upon this year. And I don't think it's warranted. Weeks 1 through 11... Edwards Hilaire was a top 10 PPR running back. I mean, he was 10, but 10 is top 10. He was an RB1. That was double digits in every game but one during this span. And he was playing 66% of the snaps as a rookie. That's the highest snap share out of any of the rookies to start the season. And I'm pretty sure he finished with the most, the highest snap share out of all the rookies in general at 60%. But before Le'Veon Bell, who's playing 66%, and then 53% after Bell joined the team. And in case you're not, you know, keeping up with football, uh, Le'Veon Bell is gone and said he would rather retire than play for Andy Reid ever again. So there's no there's no worry about Le'Veon Bell, which to me means that he's in for two-thirds of the snaps, and I think that's a worst-case scenario. I mean, Darrell Williams... I get that he's a better pass blocker and they use him on third downs for that reason and that's fine. But, you know, pass blocking is something you can work on. That's something he is working on and they're even talking about getting the ball in his hands through the air even more than they already tried to his rookie year, which to me sounds like more third downs, which means more snaps and he's getting the ball from Pat Mahomes. So, I think that CEH out of all, I think there's a chance that out of all of these second-year running backs, he plays the most this year. I'm not sure he's necessarily going to get the most volume because they don't run the ball enough, but he will get the targets. And, you know, his his only competition is, like I said, Darrell Williams and Jarek McKinnon, who to me is someone they're bringing in to teach him more about, you know, catching and, and running routes and coming out of the backfield as a receiver. Yeah, maybe blocking out of the backfield too. Sure. Some passing downs. So another thing is the 1,100 yards he had was up until week 15, and then he got hurt for the rest of the season. 
So the 1,100 scrimmage yards he had ranks 10th across the entire running back pool. Yeah, he missed week 13 too. Yeah. So I just think this guy's going to be crazy. You know, towards the end of the season also, the O-line was pretty banged up. And in the playoffs, it killed them. It hosed them against Tampa. They they had no shot in, in the Super Bowl. And now they're ranked 7th by PFF. You know, they let go of some perennial stars in Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz. However, they traded for Orlando Brown from the Ravens. They signed Joe Tooney, which is a huge contract, and Austin Blythe is a depth piece. They got Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, who was um, a lineman for them that actually opted out of the COVID season. Who are, I don't know any of these guys. So, They're so smart. So Duvernay-Tardif, he actually he held out of the season to be because he's a doctor. Mm-hmm. So he went back to Canada and was a doctor, which is pretty cool, but also solid piece. They signed Kyle Long, which me, I'm skeptical of. I don't really think he has it anymore, but whatever. It's a veteran. It's, like I said, another depth piece. And then they drafted Creed Humphrey in the second. So the depth there is crazy. It's a star-studded starting line. And I have Edward Slair as my third running back. And I believe that he's going to be a steal if you're getting him, you know, past the turn, this 2-3 turn. I've had him as my third running back in a couple best balls already. So I think I think he's in a really good situation to step up. And I think that his value is going to be crazy by the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, I have him... For all these second-year guys, I have him fourth, um, just behind, um, just behind Acres. The one note I put here that I wasn't, you know, just looking at the game logs, and you know, everyone knows Andy Reid from previous teams, different rosters, different offenses, and and the deal is he always likes to use the running back. But I'm not sure if the offensive scheme they have in Kansas City is the same um, the same as it used to be when they didn't have a great quarterback and a great wide receiver and a great tight end. So I think that kind of hampers Edwards Hilaire a little bit because there are some games where inexplicably he'll only touch the ball eight or nine times and you just wonder why, but there are so many mouths to feed on that team that I think it's it's part of their offensive scheme to mix it up. And from one game to another, he goes from 25 touches down to eight. You know, So I think that holds him back a little bit. I think he's got the talent to be a superstar, but I'm not sure if their offensive scheme um, pushes him all the way to his ceiling. So I just don't think he'll get enough... Enough... Um, Enough touches in every game. Enough mm-hmm. consistency week yeah. to week where he doesn't go through it. Too. Like last last yeah. year, he went through a three-week stretch that was miserable with a couple other miserables mixed in. Yeah, I bit. mean, what, had, do you know what weeks those were? Seven, eight, nine. Yeah, so those were the three, three bell weeks. And five. And week five, five was is a bad, bad one. Yep. And, you know, like, I just, just didn't get the action. I don't know. Um, I, you know I, week 12, well, maybe he got injured week 12 because he didn't play week 13, so I don't know about that one. Yeah. But I just, <clears throat> I don't I mean, know. I week mean, 11, if he didn't score two touchdowns, he only touched the ball 15 times, which is okay if you're touching the ball 15 times every single game. So I guess 15 is a good number. So I'll take that back. That, that was probably a good week for him. 15 yeah, touchdowns. I don't know. I, I Yes, taking him in the first round last year was his absolute ceiling, but I don't think, I think he can return – back end of first round value. I mean, it was, like I said, 
he went 11 weeks and 10 of them were double digits. He was the 10th best running back. I mean, yeah, he scored I, he scored out fine and and unlike the other guys we were talking about, he is not touchdown reliant at all. He had correct. five touchdowns uh, yeah. last year. So, he scored how many points did you say he put up? He put up more than he put up 176, which would yeah, rank so out at 22nd. It was a little less than the guys we talked about earlier. So, he put up a little less than Gibson and Swift. He missed games and didn't score touchdowns. Yeah. So, so he put up 13, he put up 13 less than Swift. Um, in the same amount of games, had he had he played one more game, you can't say what he would have done, I guess. But you know, he gets to 190, and then he's the 17th best running back instead of 22nd. Yeah. So it was very, you know, the middle of the pack was very close last year, and I think, I think because his expectations were so high, there's some type of haze in front of people's eyes that are just off of him. And as someone that got burned by him. I'm ready to get burned again, I think. It's one of those scenarios where you think a guy's going to be good, and then he has a shitty year, and then you're off of him because he had a shitty year, but then he does what he was supposed to do the year before. So I think this could be one of those cases. And he's got – he had 23 carries of over 10 yards. That's another – you know, missing so many games, 23 out of his – I don't know how many carries he had in total. He had uh, 181. Yeah, so 23 – out of 181 went for over 10 yards he averaged three yards after contact so he gets hit he gets three more yards so if they were to hand him the ball a little bit more than they are i I think they'd get rewarded for that i just think they love that big play quick strike offense and and that hampers him a little bit sure and now your guy cam Akers, who was our guy that was our guy last year yeah he didn't we didn't get him but he came through when people needed him to come through. Yeah, Acres. I didn't pull up any like really super cool numbers on this guy either. I just I just love him. Like their O line is is ranked eighth um, this year. It was third last year. So so this team has a good offensive line regularly. Um, I want to I want to click on him on here. Well, I will. I'll wait a minute. But they lose Malcolm <laughs> Brown now, right? So yep. Acres. I from what I from what I remember and know because we own this guy. They did not use Acres like forever last year. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they were doing. I don't know if he got in the doghouse with the coaching staff. He didn't start getting starter numbers until week 13. And then he played four games <clears throat> as a starter and put up 16, 21, 7, and 11. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> he's averaging three, three and a half yards per carry six yards a carry four yards per carry he's not getting receptions he was doing all his damage on the ground so if he were to start catching balls he could just be a monster i think his talent is good they were using malcolm brown they were using henderson henderson's still there yeah so but i think he's a jag that's what that's what scares me a little bit is is the henderson thing um you know the his end stretch I mean, he was playing 60% of the snaps, and from weeks 12 to 17, he was the RB18. So he showed up, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna deny that. I also wrote down the Malcolm Brown mm. um, subtraction. Uh, the addition of Matt Stafford oh, is really wild. good. That's good because happen. he's not scared to dump off. Yep. He doesn't want to get hit, broken back. Right. The guy will get rid of the ball if he can. Um, and another guy with an above average strength of schedule. I just. 
I said it to you off the podcast, and I'm going to say it again. It just reminds me a little bit of like a Miles Sanders thing. And, you know, we own Sanders, and he wasn't awful, but he wasn't reliable. However, entirely different system, entirely different situation with Wentz there, entirely different offensive line because that was dog shit. And, you know, the, the Rams offensive line is a top 10 offensive line almost what feels to be every year. I feel like they're always pretty good. But – Cam Akers, I'm just, I don't know why I'm not sold. I'm yeah, just not. Well, I know why. It's because of the small sample size. But I, I just think, so McVay is supposed to be a an offensive-minded guru coach, right? Mm-hmm. Am I right about that? So, again, like, I don't know why they didn't want to use him at the beginning of the year, but it was as if he was a backup running back practice guy until they decided to start using him. So he basically had a four- or five-game season last year, and it was good. Now, I know it's small sample size. It's end of season. It's top of mind. It's what you saw last, so it affects how you think. But I do think with the upgrade at quarterback, with an offensive-minded coach that understands these numbers we're looking at and says, well, geez, maybe I should – figure out how to get this guy 18 to 24 touches a game because look what happens when I do. Mm-hmm. And, and I think they'll do that. Yeah. They'll do that. They're going to have they're gonna have some, you know, Stafford's coming in. He's a veteran. He's a good quarterback. He's a, a <clears throat> cerebral quarterback. Um, however, when a new quarterback comes in to a new system with new wide receivers – it's going to be a little bumpy for their passing game as well. And I think they're going to need to rely on that running game a lot just to Man. take pressure off, especially early in the season. So I get, I, it's I possible. I uh, I know we're talking about the running backs, but that offense could be so, so fun with Woods well, and Cobb. Well, think, like, about, think about Stafford dropping back, not getting – I mean – not getting harassed in those wide receivers running around. What a wide yeah. receiver core they've got. Right. Would they have a tight end now? The stuff Higby, Higby there. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've got. I mean, you know, Ugh. I know, like, like we've said multiple times now, Acres and like three and four. They're all these guys are all close, but mm-hmm. three and four, I have almost, yeah, almost back and back, back to back. I mean, and that's Edwards, Hilaire, and Acres. Yeah, I didn't and, know which one to pick, except that I just think because Acres is in. I know that they're going to want to run the ball. Yeah, They're going to want well, to run the ball. And I don't know if the Chiefs want or need mm-hmm. to run the ball. They just like to... Akers, though, like, you know, <clears throat> 21 or more carries in four of his final six games, including the playoffs. And in those six games, he also never had less than 15 carries. Mm. So they were feeding him the ball. The snap counts were in his favor. And... Uh, an astonishing, in my opinion, 52% of his snaps he had with a touch. So mm. half the time when he was on the field, the ball was in his hands. Um, I just, ADP of 12 right now compared to Edward Solaire at 24, 26, whatever. Like the one two turn for Akers is too high for me. And I think that accounts into why I'm ranking him the way I am. Yeah. I, th- I, th- I, think, I think because I have him as an elite RB2 yeah. or an RB1. I'm okay with it. So if you're picking 12 and 13, or if you get the 10, I mean, uh, yeah, 12, 13, or if you get the the 11th pick and then the 14th pick, if you're able to get a running back with your first pick and then still get Acres with your second pick, I just think that's a phenomenal <clears throat> combo. Whoever you got with that first pick, you know, you get Gibson and Acres and put them together. Woo! 
Or you, get, or you get Swift and Swift and Acres. I did and get Swift and Acres once, so <laughs> yeah. we'll see how that. I did. I actually did that in the draft. Yeah. So I didn't even follow this order um, all the time. Mm-hmm. I do have Gibson more often than Acres or Edwards Hilaire or, or Swift. Though. I remember saying before the season was even over, it was like it was like playoff time for fantasy, and I remember saying to you and to other people that I talk football with. I want all of these guys. I want yeah. all of I want all of the second year running backs just yeah. because I think they're all awesome. Like this class was absurdly good. Yeah. And you know, we already talked about me having Gibson at 5 and you having Swift at 5 and you know, that leads us to our final our final second year running back who even though he's 6 on both of our lists is still really good. Yeah. And that is J.K. Dobbins. Yep. And yep. you know, I don't I'm I don't know what to think about him. I think he's very skilled. I mean, for God's sake, he 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 averaged six yards per carry last year, which is ridiculous. And and it's not like it was six yards per carry on like forty five carries. He had hundred and thirty four, which yeah. wasn't which was still last on the team and 22 of those went for 10 yards <laughs> or more yeah like I mean, he's another big key and that could be a a, a testament to their offense you know they, mm-hmm. they do a lot of that uh you know read option is the quarterback running is he handing it off what's he doing yeah. with it um gives may give him a little extra room but the bottom line is he he had just as many big plays as some of these other guys that had a lot more touches than him. Yeah. So he's got the ability to bust it for long ones. Yeah. You know, I um So his stat line was 134 rushes for 805 yards and nine touchdowns. And I point that out because Gus Edwards, his co running back friend, teammate was 144 for 724 yards and six touchdowns. And then their lead rusher was Lamar Jackson with 159 carries for 1,005 yards and seven touchdowns. So I point this out for two reasons. One, everybody's touching the ball and running the ball in that offense, which is great because they run the ball the most in the NFL, and I'm not sure it's close, maybe with Tennessee, but I still don't think it's close. And, like... This this isn't really it, it limits the upside for Dobbins, which is what scares me. Um however, like it seems like the floor for a running back or someone running the ball in Baltimore is seven hundred yards. So at the bare minimum, like I don't think Dobbins can really flop. I just think I he, he doesn't have receiving upside like the other backs do. Um, and being, he's always going to be, in my opinion, the second rusher behind Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is a beast. Lamar Jackson is, you know, very good at running the ball. Like that's, that's that. Um, so, um, basically I, I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't really say much there, but I just am not, well, I'm not on I, him. Yeah. It's a split. <clears throat> the, the touches are split too much between those three guys when it comes to rushing the ball mm-hmm. to really back Dobbins as like I have him a borderline RB2 with upside. Yep. Um 
I'd love to have him as a flex play. There were too many games where he just got five carries, under 10. There's half the time he got 10 carries or more, and every time he did, if he got 11 carries, he would score at least 13 fantasy points. So if he gets double-digit carries, you can expect double-digit points. Yeah. A lot of times it was touchdowns. He kind of got a lot of touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, on all those games where he had the double-digit scoring. But, again, some guys have a propensity to score. This guy could be one just like anyone else. He, yeah. he finished the year with six games in a row with at least one so, touchdown. So I said that. Um, I said similar scenario for Gibson showing a dependence on touchdowns with a touchdown in six straight games to end the season. Mm. And even with his crazy efficiency, his touchdowns were what got him above the double digit threshold yeah. which is what scares me a little yeah. bit yeah yeah um you know i said or i didn't say i'm just thinking like he's crazy efficient six yards per carry like i said is absurd um and ingram is gone who was taking a third of the snaps for the first six or seven weeks of the season yeah but when your quarterback is the leading rusher on the team i think it's limiting um, it also limits the dump-offs, even though Harbaugh said he wants to get the running backs more involved in in the passing game. You know, I that, have a hard time a believing thing. it. You know, yes, so, J- Josh Jacobs was also supposed to catch well, a ton of balls last year. The difference year. I see is, like, is Lamar Jackson... I'm mm-hmm. still not convinced that the quarterback has the accuracy to... So to increase his accuracy and to make their offense a little bit more efficient, if he throws more to the running backs and shorter passes into the tight end, they're going to complete more, keep the offense going. He throws downfield, I think he's like just firing a shotgun. Mm -hmm. You don't know where the shells are going. (laughs) So it could be that their coaching staff might want them to throw more to the running backs. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You know coach speak. You never know what to believe. He was catching more passes at the beginning of the year than he was at the end of the year. Right. He was catching two, three balls a game during mm-hmm. a stretch up to week six or seven, and then it started drying up. So, yeah. um, but he's a good runner. There's just not, uh, there's too many of them, too yeah. many good runners on that team. So the rushing yards over expected I mentioned before and how Dobbins was up there. He was third in the entire, in the entire NFL in rushing yards over expected uh, with a, with a number of 1.05 and do you have any guess at one and two it's just about basically uh, efficient runners like and and big runners oh geez one and two it, they don't have to be court uh um, they don't have to be running backs it, uh no I okay no so idea. one one was aaron jones two is lamar jackson yeah or it might have been Lamar Jackson, Aaron Jones, but they were one and two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lamar Jackson was two, actually, now that I say that. So, like, the quarterback on his own team had more rushing yards over expected, so he was making more something out of nothing. Um, however, I mean, Dobbins doing it was still ridiculously crazy. But all in all, I just think I would rather use an 11th round pick on Gus Edwards than I would on a second slash third round pick on Dobbins. Yeah, I gotta look more into Gus Edwards because you keep telling me, you keep telling me about that, and I haven't grabbed him anywhere in any best balls yet, and I yeah. think I gotta start getting him in those later well, rounds. Something that was happening, looking. like I said, was Ingram. So it was yeah, it was yeah. it was a 33, 33, 33. Yeah. So if Dobbins goes up to a confident fifty percent snap share, that most likely means that Edwards is coming up from thirty four percent to forty yeah, or forty five. Yeah. Yep. So you know he's, he's a hard runner. 
yeah. he's himself. He's not a bad runner. I mean, he's had at least 700 yards, I think, every year of his career. So, yeah. um, I mean, uh, people are taking Latavius Murray that probably fall into the same stat range as Gus Edwards, and you get Gus Edwards probably four rounds after Latavius Murray. I don't know yeah. if that's accurate. I just throw that out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, you know, another guy, I guess this is the only guy on the list that I'm really not, I'm not interested in taking him. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a, I'm opposed. Like, you take J.K. Dobbins on the 2-3 turn, I'm not going to yell at you. Or even middle of the second. Um, I, I think if you do take him before any of these other guys, it might be a little silly. But I can also see where you're coming from because of how often they run the ball. And, and if he does get a 60% snap share, like, and he gets more touches than everybody else, you know, 134 rushes turns into 200, mm-hmm. then he could be he could be a superstar. I mean, uh, he really can be. You know, I hate Derrick Henry because he doesn't catch the ball, but he's shown me time and time again that you don't have to catch the damn ball to be productive. So if he keeps finding the end zone and he keeps his efficiency up, or gets more touches than he was already getting, then I think he really could be a solid option, but he is my sixth option nonetheless. Yep, number six. Um, so what I want to do is just kind of like go down each of our lists and just say who we have. So I'll start. I have Taylor at one, Swift at two, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at three, Akers four, Gibson five, and Dobbins six. For me, I had Taylor at one. Gibson at two, for sure. Akers at three. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at four. Swift at five. That's ridiculous. And Dobbins at six. Correct. And do, do you have anything you, you want to say about James Robinson at all? I didn't really... No. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really... I, I think he's hosed. Uh, he's hosed. I yeah, think. I, I agree. So, like, there's something that I, I preach all the time, and it's that uh, teams put too much... They put too much stock in draft capital, and because Robinson is a UDFA and they just drafted ETN, I think at the end of the first round, uh, might have been second round, but I, I thought he was first round pick. Nonetheless, such higher draft capital, and I don't think it's gonna be the ETN show until the second half of the year, just like most of these guys. But I do think Robinson, like even I think he's going in the fifth round right now or something like that. Yeah, with ETN. I, I, I don't think you can take him anymore. I mean, he was a great story, and I had no faith in him. I told everybody to trade him away, and I was totally wrong. I remember saying, like, it was weird how they used him because it, it was almost as if they were trying to lose games to get the first-round pick. Could that be possible? Could be. Um, I mean, they were, they were giving him the ball over 20 times a game, 25 times, 23, 22, 22. He'd catch four balls, five balls, four balls, five balls. They were losing all these games, and they were still using the running back such a high amount of time. He's not going to get those touches this year. Yeah, they draft this new kid, like you said, first round, second round, whatever, he, whatever he was for a running back. If he was drafted in the second round of the NFL draft, that's like, that's super high for a running back. They're going to pay the kid they just drafted, which means they're going to give him the ball, which means Robinson is going to at some point be useless yep. this year. Yep. So I didn't even – he didn't even hit my radar. I, th- I think if any other second-year guys hit my Zach radar, it was, it was, well, Zach Moss is there. A.J. Dillon really, really mm. is the guy that I think 
you know, last year everyone was like, ooh, Green Bay took A.J. Dillon. He's a good running back. They want to get him in there. They did nothing with him all year. But he is a good player coming yeah. out of college. If anything ever happens to Aaron Jones, this kid's going to be stepping into a great situation. Yeah. Uh, better if Aaron Rodgers is back, of course. But um, I think Green Bay's got to start using this kid. There's a reason they took him in the second round, right? They're not going to have him on the bench forever. Um, so I thought he was I mean, a, you know. They just re-signed Aaron Jones. I know. So, I know. I, But I, I just think, like, a little less wear and tear on Aaron Jones. So the NFL is not fantasy. They're going to. They got two running backs. They're going to want to try and protect guys, still be productive. If, yeah. if Dylan can't be productive on the field, then he goes nowhere. Mm-hmm. But if he can rush for four and a half yards of carry and he's not fumbling the ball and he's protecting the quarterback, he'll start eating into some carries yeah. a little bit. I mean, I guess also with the loss of Jamal Williams, even though I, I really don't see him being a third down back kind of guy, but like... They did use Williams more often than than I would have thought they would with Aaron Jones there. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of like a one-two punch, I, I sim- th- similar to Dobbins and Edwards to a degree. Yeah, I think there's a real chance that he he would get 100% of Williams' touches, whether they're, they might be flip-flop, they might be carries instead of receptions, vice versa. Mm-hmm. And Aaron Jones, I think Aaron Jones will get trimmed back a little on the touches. Maybe not, though, because he's mm-hmm. really good, too, so... You say you see um, AJ Dillon's quads? No, I, no, he's got I've big never, quads. I, it's a big thing in the fantasy community. Is the never, quads the bigger the quad, the better the player? I don't. Is so, this a, so like right now? Is this some kind of dirty thing? No, we, no. This is just like really, like people saw Barkley and they saw his quads and then they're like, oh my gosh, we have to take him right after McCaffrey, and then and he was good, and then Barkley was good, oh. and then Mike Davis, huge quads. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I AJ Dillon's got. Some quads. All right. Well, I like them then. Yeah. Um, Zach Moss. I mean, are we going to go after any nah, of these guys? No, I, I, don't, even, I don't think so. Yeah. But honorable yeah. mention to players such as Zach Moss and, yeah. and like I said, Josh Kelly and Keyshawn Vaughn. Yeah. Uh, you you believed in Keyshawn Vaughn a little bit, right? Well, I did, but yeah, because I read good stuff about him. Yeah. And I, I didn't know they were going to go and sign Fortnite. other running backs either. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, um, but I think that is about it. Uh, this one was a bit of a longer one, so if you are still here till the end, thank you, thank you very much. Uh, we're about an hour in at this oh, point. Oh, smokes, we talked about um, six guys for an hour. Yep, yep. time flies shit. when you're having fun. That's terrible. Um, but if you did like this, please share it, follow us on whatever you're listening, uh, listening from. Give a review, preferably five stars. But, you know, if you don't like it, be honest. We can improve. That's the whole point. Don't um, tell me. I don't want to know anything negative. Uh, well, you wouldn't look at it anyway. It would just be me. So <laughs> I'll make sure I don't tell you if anyone leaves anything negative. Come on. I, I, get, I bruise easily. Uh, but, yes. So thank you again. Um, and this is the end of the episode. Peace. Out. <laughs>